Hello all, welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for SeedSing.com. I am your host, Artie Kulik, and with me is a person who lives in the state of the terrible Super Bowl champions, and that's the greatest other host, Ty Kulik. How are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. Yeah, I mean, technically, the Chiefs are in Kansas, but Kansas City, Missouri is like a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour drive from where I'm at right now. No, I'm good, man. It was the other day I was outside with a baseball t-shirt and shorts running and now it's 27 degrees and i just took my dog for a walk and i'm freezing yeah i say two things my son is running track track season started and it's been warm here all week and he's all like i get to wear shorts i get to do this well now he was all upset because i told him this morning he had to put sweatpants on and he's, uh-huh. i'm gonna be <laughs> hot and i didn't even think about it but when he goes out for practice, because he won't wear a jacket or anything, he's wearing the T-shirt he's wearing today says, I survived the Devastator. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> he's going to be in for a rude-ass awakening when I pick him up. It'll be so cold. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. you know, that's how you learn. And then the other thing is, yes, the terrible, awful, nobody-believed-in-them super underdog Chiefs who have nobody on their team or whatever the, won the, the Super The number one seed in the AFC, <laughs> nobody-believed-in-them. Yeah, they, they won the Super Bowl, and I was... My son, again, was like, well, you should be happy. It's a Missouri team. And I said, St. Louis is not part of Missouri. I go, that's no. what you don't get. And Kansas City is not part of Missouri. St. Louis is part of Missouri. No, see, I think Kansas well, City is the Missouri part of. Yeah, I guess. Because yeah, if I think about it politically, you're correct. St. Louis is not part of Missouri. Yeah. And I'm very proud to say I'm from St. Louis. But that now he's all sense. worried that your son's going to trash talk him and our oldest brother's going to trash talk him. I go, that's um, what happens when you win. No, but our son, my son, our son, my son, he was rooting for the Eagles, and he was very upset with that. Uh, he could still tra- talk trash. That's what you have to do. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, my, my son is a front runner as far as it comes with fan stuff, but he was not happy with the Chiefs one. And he wore his Von Miller Bills jersey today. So, <laughs> Look, I'm going to defend your son for a minute because I was telling this to my son is – you know, when I was growing up, we didn't really have a football team. There were the football Cardinals, but not when I started to pay attention. We didn't really have one. So that meant we always got the best teams on TV. The one advantage of not having a team is you always get the biggest games. I didn't have to worry about seeing the Cardinals play the Browns. Well, actually, the Browns weren't that bad last that <laughs> time. But the Cardinals play whoever sucked because it was a Cardinals game. I got to yeah. see the Broncos. I got to see the 49ers. I got to see the good team. So it's easy to root for them because those are the teams you see. Sure. I, my son has to watch the Bengals. Now, they're good, they're, too, they're good now, but he also had to watch them when they were 2 and 14 a few yeah. years back. So one of those two wins was against the Steelers. But, um, nice. <laughs> but he, he had to watch that too. And he's going to have to watch the. 22 and 140 reds this year or whatever so they're not gonna be that uh, bad <laughs> i'd rather them be historically bad than just incompetently bad but okay so i'm gonna i'll defend your son in that that's who he gets to watch that's the teams sure. he gets to watch all the time so it's funny too because you mentioned it we didn't really have teams or anything and you know i was in high school when the rams moved here but i never rooted for them i've my my son and I talked about this during the Super Bowl because he asked me my favorite NFL team, and I told him I don't really like the NFL. My favorite football team is Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan. So, and luckily for me, minus the Rich Rodriguez years, Michigan's been and Brady Hoke, I guess, but Michigan's been solid. So I get to watch them whenever I want. Yeah, and I got nothing to complain about. And to keep that going is like uh, thinking of your Michigan fandom because I asked my son last week. We did the 
the sports records. And the one that most people have reached out that they're blown away is about the Braves' 14 straight division titles. I mean, that's 14 straight years here in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But they only won the one World Series. Now, you have rooted for Michigan however long, but they've only won one national title. But so this is in my lifetime. In your lifetime, right. But this is what I asked is what I asked my son. Would you take the Braves 14 straight playoff appearances and one title, or would you rather have seven, half of that straight playoff appearances and two titles? Two titles. See, I, I just I want the championship. No, right? you see, that's and that's it. Was funny is he and I agreed. I'd actually rather take the fourteen and the one because and, and this is what I, this is why I'll say that is because that one title that's all the Braves needed. We all recognize him as one of the greatest teams ever in history. I mean, we recognize his greatest pitching rotation, all that stuff. That one title's all you need. Michigan, in my eyes, is still a great team because they have that one title. Now, if they had no titles during that time, it'd be different. It's just, especially with them going to the college football play. And this podcast is not about sports. No, no, no. (laughs) Our first five minutes is just BS. So, yeah. Yeah. With them going to college football playoff these past two years, and I expect them to win every game. I knew Georgia last year was going to be tough, but this year against TCU, it's so hard to see your team go 13-0 and and then lose a game 51-45 to against a team they should have won the game. So, it's just... I would rather have more titles than I. I mean, I was 15 years old the last time Michigan won a national title, so I, I crave the championships. Yeah, but at least you know, at least you're playing when it matters, even if. <sighs> yeah, I, I, but Cincinnati was in the playoff two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That- <laughs> 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 well, let's talk about something else we watched. So. I was thinking of different topics this week. I was like, oh, do I want to take a week off and all? Then you wrote about Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So good. Yes, it's it's absolutely A-level. And again, speaking to my son, I'm like, okay, you got to watch some of this. It's, mm-hmm. it's streaming on HBO Max now, if you guys want to know. But it made me go back and think. So it was not just Aqua Teen. Recently, you started to watch Joe Para Talks with you. Yep. I've gotten really into on cinema, at the cinema, yep. all this stuff. And these are all Adult Swim products. These are yep. all products of a little... It's not even its own channel. It, okay, this is how I explained it to my son. Prior to cable, we had cable TV. You had three channels and then some like local channels. So you probably had anywhere from like seven to nine channels of TV you could watch. And then cable came and suddenly you had 99 channels. And mm-hmm. three of those were scrambled porn channels. But the, <laughs> the spice channel, I believe it was <laughs> <Yeah>. called. <laughs> so suddenly they had to get more content. We got these very specialized networks like MTV, ESPN, stuff like that. And then when satellite came around, we had a thousand channels, which even got more specialized. Now, in that cable time period to the time period of, uh, of satellite TV or uh, internet TV or whatever you want to call it, there was the Ha Network. I don't even know if you ever remember the Ha Network. I've never heard of the Ha Ha. Yeah, H-A. H-A yeah. And never it would it. it would show like a bunch of stand-ups. You'd see a bunch of like stand-up comedian sets, and it would show like the monkeys and old Batman shows and things Sounds like that. Sounds awesome. Well, it eventually became Comedy Central. Okay. But oh yeah, the early days of Ha, like you think of the early days of comedy or of MTV. Uh, ha was great because again, you would see it would be like seven, eight minute stand up sets you would see. That's awesome. Stuff like yeah. that. With that, then, and this is not the same thing, but people saw that they liked that. So there was created the Cartoon Network. And Cartoon Network early on had a lot of like Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner and things like that. Now, at the same time, The Simpsons had come out. 
The Simpsons was not the first primetime cartoon. That was the Flintstones or whatever. But The Simpsons came out, and the audience for animation was a little bit older, let's say. And around the same time, the audience for comic books was getting older. You had the Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, stuff like that. You go back, uh, what was I was reading, uh, like Death of Superman or something. And these comics you go read are, are awfully horny. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're very, very it's not surprising. Yeah, but anyways, they're animations getting animation, comics, all that stuff. It's getting a little bit more adult, and the reason I think that is because I explained this to somebody the other day. Yeah, I was talking about playing my Xbox, and they're like, "You're still play video games?" I go, "I'm gonna play video games till I die." Sure, yeah. It's a media I grew up with. I grew up with video games as a kid, but they're making games for us now. We were talking off mic about the the Last of Us. It's always weird to me watching this show because this show, it, I still, I'll tell you, I recommend the hell out of it. It is dreary as hell, though. Sure, the yeah. last episode, which would be episode five, just ends in a way where I just walked outside for a minute and like looked up at the sky <laughs> and was like, why? But um, just I'm, I'm glad I'm not binging that show because I just don't think I could. That's exactly how I'm going to watch it. I know, I know. I start to watch it. You're making me not want to watch it. But it's funny whenever I watch the credits, because it's got this very serious song, it's a very serious show, then it says, based off the game by Naughty Dog. And I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Video games still haven't grown up that much. But people saw this. And during the time of Comedy, or not Comedy Central, but the Cartoon Network, Every now and then, they found they took old Space Ghost cartoons. The car- Space Ghost was like so the good. 1960s cartoon. He was like a hero mm-hmm. that went around and fought bad guys. And yeah. they took like real live people and they made it like a talk show called Space Ghost Coast to Coast. So good. <laughs> it's just beyond absurd. <laughs> well, like, well, and like in our house, we grew up watching Letterman. And I'll talk about it more as we get into this. But as I got more and more into Adult Swim stuff on on Cartoon Network. Space Ghost reminded me of Letterman. It was just like, it was like Dave Letterman to me, except even more weird and absurd than Letterman. Mm-hmm. And like the way they had the guests on there is they'd be on like a fake TV that looked yes. like a TV from the 1950s. Yes. It was yeah. awesome. And it was this recycled footage. I mean, they put different yeah. dialogue in there. And he was like the worst talk show host ever. And so mean and just like arrogant <laughs> yeah. to everybody. And people would be like, oh God, what was there was like some bug who was a space Brent. ghost. But yeah, that's Brent. right. <laughs> yeah. Who was his like band leader? I mean, <laughs> just weird and strange. And people loved it. It it was even before, you know, YouTube or whatever viral was a word. It was something I remember in college, people talked about Space Ghost, coast to coast. And there was a couple of other little shows here and there. And then it was on September 2nd, 2001, at 10 p.m. Eastern. The Cartoon Network showed a swimming pool with a bunch of people in it and some guy yelling on the megaphone saying it's time for Adult Swim. Mm -hmm. And so the Adult Swim block was born. Now, I'm going to read to you the first. So the first show on Adult Swim was the crudely animated home movie show. Love that show. Now, With a passion. That wasn't an Adult Swim original. That originally was on UPN, but they dropped it. And this is yeah. going to be a story as we talk about it. Adult Swim picked it up, became huge. Yep. But after home movies, The Brack Show, mm-hmm. which was another Space Ghost bad guy, but this was like, he's this monster, but it's like a family sitcom 50s yep. show. <laughs> Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. 
which again, Harvey Birdman was this old 60s cartoon, but now he's an attorney who was representing other famous cartoon people. Like he famously represented the Scooby gang because yeah. I got busted with marijuana. <laughs> Well, and he's a bird man, and he looks like a bird man, but he would wear a suit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was C-Lab 2021. I never watched that one. Now, that was another nice. recycled cartoon of these people that were in this, like, lab in the sea. But they redubbed the the uh, the dialogue to just be, like, how they're incompetent, ridiculous idiots. Mm-hmm. Yep. Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and then Cowboy Bebop. Now, Cowboy Bebop, I think, was like a manga show from yeah, Japan. They, they did it on Netflix. Yeah, which people did not they, like. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then shortly after all of that stuff, Aqua Teen Hunger Force premiered. The greatest the greatest show that ever came out of the <laughs> now, We'll talk a little bit more about the shows after I get through the history here. But I do want to say this up front. Aqua Teen Hunger Force was supposed to be like this action show. And then the very first episode, they like go and break up some drug rain or something like no, that. No, they fight a, a, a robotic rabbi. That's the, right. The rabbit. The rabbot, they call it. Yes, R-A-B-B-O-T. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I the, just watched it. That's why. Okay, that's right. And the show definitely did not continue that as it moved forward. But <laughs> <No>. well. <laughs> now, the other thing, so Adult Swim had this block and it would it would show like, it had its own shows. I mean, it took these old cartoons and just recycled them, but it did have some of their own shows. Now, as time went on, one of the things that really put Adult Swim on the map was Fox had this little show called Family Guy. Mm-hmm. And it was, I remember when it first came out, people like me were like, oh my God, this show's hilarious. It's great. It was great fir- when it first came out. Because the first time you see it, it's funny. The problem is the jokes tend to get old when you see them again and again. Themselves, yeah. But it was on, I believe it was on like two years and then just got canceled. So Adult mm-hmm. Swim picked up the reruns of it and yep. it exploded. Yep. And it was so successful that Fox came back to Seth MacFarlane and said, we want you to bring Family Guy back to Fox. And it is still on today. I think 05 yeah. is when it came back on. Yeah, that sounds right. And then another little show that Fox had basically canceled called Futurama. Yep. Adult Swim picked up reruns of Futurama. And everybody was like, oh, my God, this show is great. And went back. And not only did Fox reboot it, but they're about to reboot it again. Or not reboot it, but brought it back. They're about to bring it back again. Yep. So (laughs) this was kind of like what Adult Swim would do. Now, a couple of the other things, it would show some of these uh, old Japanese action series. I remember it was like Mm -hmm. Big O was one. Uh, Stuff like not Robotech, but stuff like Robotech. They would show that stuff. and. It would bring, so you would have these jokey shows, it would do things like that. But before we talk about some of the shows, there's uh, two other things I want to go through. One is, it is notorious for doing uh, April Fool's on April Fool's Day every year. Do you remember any of their jokes? I don't remember the jokes, but I do remember like them when I would watch Adult Swim and say, you know, watch so-and-so on April Fool's, and I would get all excited, and then I'd be tricked by what it was. But I definitely don't remember any specifics from it well i'll go through a couple of what they've done so the first one they ever did was in 2004 they had all the regular shows on they had a uh, you know the brack show space ghost coast to coast stuff like that but every character had a drawn on mustache <laughs> <laughs> that rules <laughs> so <laughs> i love that that's so awesome the next year they were supposed to show off seth green's new show robot chicken 
but instead they had an unfinished version of their show Squidbillies, which is one. I, I think I remember that <laughs> specifically. Now that you say that, I, I remember watching that because I loved Squidbillies too. Yeah, they had another show called Perfect Hair Forever, which had kind uh-huh. of a, like a coherent story. And one April Fool's, they showed the entire series, but they showed it backwards. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> there was an, an Aqua Teen movie, Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters. Saw that in the theaters. Well, they promised it was going to be on Adult Swim one night, and it was. It was like in a little corner box on your TV the whole night. <laughs> awesome. I love it. 2009 and 2010. And this is all unannounced, by the way. You, you never yeah. know this is coming on. So at midnight, when it was April 1st, the movie The Room came on. Oh, yeah. I remember reading about it. I didn't see it, but I remember reading about it. Now, they showed the whole movie, but the sex scenes all had black boxes over them. <laughs> so good. So good. And those sex scenes for people who haven't seen it are long and ugly. Uh, yes. <laughs> so in 2010, they re-aired The Room, but their commercial breaks all had Tommy Wiseau being interviewed by Space Ghost. <laughs> I need to go back and watch that on YouTube or something. I bet you that's awesome. Yeah, so just the weird-ass stuff that they did. Now, another show, probably the biggest show they have right now is Rick and Morty. But And this is one I remember really, really well. This one year, they were like, they're going to show the new premiere of the Rick and Morty show. That's what they kept saying. It's going to be this premiere of Rick and Morty. I think it hadn't been on in a while. Maybe it was between the third and fourth seasons or something like that. And... Suddenly what came on was this, it looked like home movies, incredibly crudely drawn Rick and Morty, where they all had these heavy Australian accents. <laughs> and it was, it was so weird. <laughs> and, and, but that's what they did. Now, yeah. the other thing that Adult Swim is not just all animation. There's been a lot of live oh, action no. shows. One of my favorite talk shows ever came out of Adult yep. Swim. So every now and then they would... Uh, do these shorts and probably the most famous one ever came on October 28th, 2014. Again, not announced whatsoever, but it was this uh, thing called too many cooks. Now I remember that getting passed around by everybody like 2014. So I was 30, 31 years old. I remember a bunch of my friends cause we all like the same stuff. Pass that around. I've never been more terrified than when I saw too many cooks. <laughs> I mean, so this is the type of, there's this like comedy theory you tell a joke and it's good and you keep telling it, it becomes bad. But if you go through that line, it suddenly becomes funny again. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Too Many Cooks, it was like a 1980s sitcom. Even I think the font is from Full House. Yeah. And it's all about this family. Then it keeps adding people, keeps adding people. And then every now and then you see this dude in the background, this really creepy dude. And then mm-hmm. the music gets really weird and it just gets... It just turns into this nightmare violence, all this other stuff. And then it just reboots of the the dude has basically killed everyone and put his face on all of it. I mean, it was wild and weird, but it's this kind of weird experimental crap that Adult Swim would do. That's what Adult Swim, I think, thrives in as well when they do stuff like that, when they take chances. Because not many other, no major networks ever going to be like, yeah, we'll show a five minute short of too many cooks where a homicidal maniac kills everybody on it. But Adult Swim's like, sure. We have the audience for that. Like I said, Too Many Cooks is, thinking about it now gives me goosebumps. But I watched it, and I watched it more than once just to see what all the hubbub was about. And then they also, I know there's another one they did. It was like one of those, like, if you're so, if you have such and such, talk to your doctor. It was like parody of a drug commercial. 
and it just kept showing this lady being chased by her clone or again just turns really dark and really 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 weird but i'm gonna end this half talking about rick and morty and then we'll go into all the other ones now rick and morty adult swim start off as this weird like fringe thing it was alternative it was punk for that type of thing even even when you had big names like seth green he's doing this kind of weird strange things robot chicken is not what you'd expect from him and robot chicken rules yeah no it's great it's it's great they ended up probably one of the more hyped projects they ever had was rick and morty I, i probably am getting some of this wrong but the whole idea was supposed to be about doc brown and marty from back to the future what if they just had crazy stupid adventures and you had you had uh what's his name dan Harmon from community mm-hmm. you know pretty well loved on there and uh, it it came out of the gate and it, it was it was gangbusters it was a blockbuster show uh, probably again the biggest hit they ever had and then their second season they came out of the second season right away another huge huge hit and then they had like their third season kept, I think, one of their April Fool's jokes. I actually finally premiered or they had an episode uh. from it. It was that third season that the fandom became mm-hmm. an issue. Yeah. And there was a, a particular episode. It's the the one where Rick turns himself into a pickle. I don't know if you've ever seen it. So I do. I know the episode you're referring to, Pickle Rick, it's called. I, I've tried on, on two separate occasions to watch rick and morty and i can't get into it and i love back to the future and i think doc brown is one of the greatest characters but i i came to it late i binged the first season i thought well this is fine or whatever and i think it's because of the fans and i'm sure what you'll talk about is just it never it never hit with me i never got it i never understood the you know it's a lot like the movie bridesmaids where i mentioned everybody loves it i'm not the biggest fan of it or there's a lot of stuff like that where a lot of people like it and I'm just like, oh, it's okay. And then I know that, and I'm sure you're going to touch on this, but the creator of that just was fired from everything mm-hmm. for doing some awful stuff. But Rick and Morty never hit with me. I never got the joke behind it. I never thought it was the smash hit that everybody else seems to think it is. There are, uh, so I was watching Rick and Morty in quote unquote, like real time when it was coming out. And there's parts of it uh, it's uh that i think are, are great that i really really like a lot and i actually that pickle rick episode i think is good even i've shown my son parts of it there's a couple of them where they did like international cable all these different shows and one of them is man versus car and it's like you know <laughs> here's big bru- big bruiser sam sam style against a car and then yeah. at the end the car runs them over and the announcers are like the car always wins why do we still always, do this yeah. <laughs> but um you know just little weird off jokes like that almost family guy these weird little one off type jokes things sure the pickle rick episode famously and i think it's susan sarandon does the voice they're all supposed to be in therapy and at the end she basically tells rick you're an ass and mm-hmm. You you think you're great, you think you're this, but you're not. You're a lonely, terrible human being. And it was kind of like a lot of people think it was the the producers of the show telling the fans, this is who you guys are. Okay. Now, unfortunately, uh, one of the creators, Justin Roiland, now Dan Harmon has had a career with a lot of things, but Justin Roiland, there's always, always rumors about him being a fairly terrible person. And then he... Mm-hmm. I was a spousal abuse, but some kind of abuse. And yeah, 
basically uh, Adult Swim said took their biggest show. He's also the voice of Rick and Morty, by the way. Took their best, their biggest show, biggest thing. They've already signed on till I think season ten or something, and they fired him. And Dan Harmon was all for it and all that. Now everybody, you have even the great Elon Musk's of the world and everything like, oh, he's the heart of the show. He's this, he's that. Look, I'm going to end this half saying Adult Swim, which isn't a network. It's a couple hours on the network. It's so powerful now that they took the the owner of Twitter's favorite person, favorite cartoon voice, fired him, and they're going to keep going on strong because that's what they can do. I applaud Adult Swim for getting rid of that guy and for continuing to make the shows because you shouldn't be just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should be allowed to get away with horrible, horrible things. That's the way I look at it. But I appreciate that they made fun of their fans and the whole Szechuan sauce thing that happened with McDonald's and Mm -hmm. whatnot. It's it's insane. It's nuts. No, it is. And I will say I saw someone tweet out after Justin Roiland got fired and I'm probably saying his name wrong, but I don't care. Mm, Um, It doesn't matter. That uh, they said, I feel really sorry for any Adult Swim producer because they're about to hear everybody's worst Rick and Morty impersonations ever. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) That's so true. Hello, all. This is RD. I wanted to talk to you guys about another podcast that I do work on called High Heels and Politics. It's hosted by Marianne Christie, who I work with here in Southwest Ohio. And Marianne, she interviews a lot of influential people. In Ohio, she's interviewed uh, a lot of political people that are influential. But for those of you outside of the state, she's also interviewed people like Susie Chapstick Chaffee, a former Olympic skier who was the face of Chapstick for the 1970s and 1980s. It's really interesting to listen to that one because she talks about her struggles as a woman in the Olympics, but then how she used her celebrity and her attractiveness in order to get more rights for amateur athletes, which led us today to things like the NIL. Also, Susie was very instrumental in Title IX, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of. But it's not all just seriousness. Uh, Marianne has also interviewed the Naked Cowboy, the New York City icon that's been out there. Simon Lease, who a lot of you may know if you've ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint, he was the guy that arrested Larry Flint. He also arrested Jerry Springer when Jerry Springer was a member of the Cincinnati City Council here. So I encourage you guys go to Spotify, Google, Apple, go search High Heels in Politics, follow, subscribe the show. Marianne comes out with a new one every week, and it's an incredibly great conversation. And if you're interested or know anybody that may be on High Heels in Politics, just go to the contact page and talk to us. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay, Ty, let's finally get to the fireworks factory. All right. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the enough the, Rick and Morty talk. Yeah. This. Yeah. That's <laughs> it for that. But, uh, let's start with, I already explained how some of these other shows were just some recycled cartoons that they put these mm. goofy, interesting things on. But let's talk about Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Love this show so, so much. So you and I are in an elevator and I have no idea what the show is. And you have about 30 seconds. Explain to me what Aqua Teen Hunger Force is. All right. Well, essentially you have a box of fries, a shake and a meatball who are supposed to be detectives. And they live next door to this gentleman, Carl, who's from New Jersey. <laughs> and it's just their misadventures. It's the misadventures of a French fry who's a genius, a shake who's a total butthead and a meatball who's like a little kid. And they live next door to your typical Harry armed, Harry back, Harry shouldered Jersey guy who hates everything in the world. <laughs> he loves the Giants. He does love the Giants. I did. I watched that episode recently where Meatwad, and I know we're going, but Meatwad can 
quote unquote see the future and Carl has his Giants in number one shirt and Meatwad <laughs> says the Giants will be number one. He says you bet they'll be number one. <laughs> it's so good. Carl is such a wonderful, horrible character in every sense of the word. I watched the episode yesterday where again, this is gonna sound so weird to people who don't know, but he gets a toupee from a clown and he starts to turn into a clown and he's chasing a sex worker out of his house <laughs> and he's in full clown makeup. And the very next scene, he's over at Frylock Shake, Master Shake and Meatwad's house, and he's juggling like telescopes and stuff. And <laughs> Frylock says to him, you have to stop. He's like, I really want to, but I have to do this right now. And he's just juggling a bunch of stuff. It's so good. <laughs> it's, and here's the uh, something we didn't talk about before. All these shows are like 10 to 15 minutes long. Every episode of Aqua Teen, if you count the intro and the outro song, is 11 minutes long. <laughs> It's perfect. It's a perfect amount that you need for a show like this. Well, and they always end on like just ridiculousness, and then it goes straight yeah. to the credits. Yeah, <laughs> they start singing. I watched an episode, the, the one where Meatwad thought he could read a mind, and he put Carl's car on top of the roof. And the way the episode ends is Carl's car falls down, he starts screaming, and it's credits. That's all it is. <laughs> it's just credits. We'll talk more about some of the cartoons in a minute here, but there's yeah. I could talk for about Aqua Teen for hours. Oh yeah. But... Well, before I get to that, I say there's a couple like I mean, you want to talk about big, big, big cartoons. You had you had things like Robot Chicken, which was stop uh, stop motion animation, and would famously it was basically them playing with their Star Wars figures to tell goofy stories and things like that. There's also uh, the Boondocks. They yep. had a show on there. I mean, critically, I used to read that comic strip. yeah, just critically acclaimed show. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, big time obviously, along with all the other ones we talked about. But there's also a little show. Now, I've often told people that, look, this is Spinal Tap, greatest rock musical documentary or whatever. Hands down, yeah. But then there's something like the uh, the Metallica one, some kind of monster. Mm-hmm. There's things like Pop Star, which are great. Yep. But then there's also Metalocalypse. Yeah, so <laughs> it's interesting. My history with this, I was in a, I'm doing quotes for people, quote unquote, band in my early 20s. And the two guys I played music with really liked metal music. And I really liked Adult Swim. So I'd go over there and play like music with them. And then we'd hang out. It always ended up with us watching Adult Swim. And we came across Metalocalypse one night. And I thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I swear that the two bandmates I had, one I used to be really good friends with. I'm not friends with anymore. Another story for another day. But I, I think they thought this show was real or something because they... <laughs> The band in the movie is called Death Clock. They loved the music in this, or in the movie. Then the show is called Death Clock. They love the music in there, but you're right. It is a uh, they're making fun of metal bands. These death metal bands the whole time. Death Clock is so dysfunctional, and they don't know how to work together at all. Their drummer has dreads, but he's also bald on top. I think it's their guitar player, Murderface is his name. Has a tattoo on his stomach that says "Po Buddy's Nerfect." But like the best thing about this show is that. They have this 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 clown on there called Roxo, the rock and roll clown, who does cocaine, and he's clearly <laughs> supposed to be David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. And Roxo, the rock and roll clown, is incredible. There's something that our brother Seth and I always comment to each other where Roxo is trying to get off. He, he's a drug addict. He's trying to get off it, and he leans real close to Murderface, and he whispers to him, I do cocaine. And it's like the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. But De- Metalocalypse has this great, great episode because I love the blue. I love blues music. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite styles besides hip hop. And 
Death Clock goes to an old blues man's house, and the whole episode is about how blues like shapes rock and roll music. But then Death Clock does a blues metal song at the end that is truly incredible. And Death Clock goes on tour. And when they're touring and doing concerts, they play Metalocalypse episodes in the background. I've never been, but I've seen videos. It looks awesome. But Metalocalypse is like this unheralded, underrated gem that came from Adult Swim. I don't know if you ever watched Black Dynamite. No, I've heard great things about it. I want to watch so it. I, it's on HBO Max. Yeah, as long I, as HBO I've been, Max is still around. Yes, well, yeah, <laughs> I've been I've been watching it. Uh, I, I've seen the whole series, but I'm gonna just read to you the description of it: action comedy spoof that follows ex CIA agent and full time ladies man Black Dynamite, who's out. They made to, a movie out of it. Yes, who's yeah. out to avenge the death of his brother against kung fu masters, drug dealing pimps, and the man. <laughs> so awesome. See, so, yeah, and I love that type of stuff. I, I love movies like Superfly and Shaft and everything, so I'm sure I'd love Black Knight. And then there was the Mike Tyson Mysteries. Which, I never watched that. Yeah, this one, this is its description. Uh, retired boxing champion Mike Tyson, his brainy adopted Asian-American daughter, a friendly but wimpy gay gentleman ghost, and a cursed, perverse, mean-spirited talking pigeon solve mysteries together. Nice. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. I'd watch that. So you you had these cartoons. There's also things like Moral Oral, who took it was another stop motion thing, who took yeah. like these old religious things, like the gravy or whatever, and yeah. just showed <laughs> how right. Yes, just showed how ridiculous it was. But where you want to talk about not just ridiculous, but some of the names we're going to mention that came out of these shows, the live action. Now, mm-hmm. famously. Adult Swim was looking to do some kind of live action Space Ghost Coast to Coast type thing. Mm -hmm. And they would try things here, there, every now and then. We'll talk to a few of these, but probably the one that they hit the most on that's still going today. It's been on over 10 years is the Eric Andre show. It is my favorite talk show. Again, (laughs) I grew up in a house where we watched Letterman and I watched Conan O'Brien. Eric Andre show is my favorite talk show because of how weird and absurd and dark it gets. Yeah. And it's an uncomfortable show to watch a hundred and like obviously i've read up on all this eric andre is one of my favorite actors but they don't tell the guests what they're gonna do it's no. just like you're gonna be on a talk show so these people and they usually get b c even d-list celebrities to be on it and the stuff that happens uh, it's hilarious like jack mcbray who i consider a star but i don't think he's a superstar a guy comes out of eric andre's desk just to mess with him <laughs> and you can you, you look at jack mcbray's face and he looks terrified jack black was on it and he did whippets on air and then they just messed with him yeah it's crazy what they do on that show and i love every single second of that show now some of the other things they do with the live action is they'll do like spoofs i think this is before eric andre but john c Riley did the what was it well that was around the same time steve brule yeah steve brule which was supposed to be like this ripoff or thing of um of what you might call of like cable access television. Yeah, well, it's like a Tim and Eric thing. Yes, which yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about. Oh Tim yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there was also your pretty face is going to hell, which is I don't like, know that one. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like a workplace comedy with Gary, who's a demon who's trying to steal <laughs> souls on Earth. So he, okay. <laughs> but it, it, it's like The Office, though. It's like this. Yeah. Oh, I never, when I was talking about animation, never mentioned Squidbillies, which is about. Yeah, we talked about that in the first half. Yeah, it's but, hillbilly squids. Yeah, it, That's but what the show's about. but they're they're yeah they're hillbilly squids, but they're endangered species, so no one yeah. can touch them. So they're asses about it. 
Uh huh. Oh, it's a check it out with Dr. Steve Brule. That's what yeah. it is. And he, he would talk about like restaurants and all this other stuff. But you want to talk, there are two shows in particular that just some of the names on these shows. So the first one was NTSSDSUV. Watched every single episode of that. Paul Shear show. Yeah, Paul Shear was on that. <laughs> yeah. um, he created it. What's her name? Uh, she was on Doctor Who, and then uh, is a oh, Guardians yeah, Karen of Gillian. Yeah, Karen Gillian. She she was in that show. June Diane Raphael, who's Paul Shear's wife and actor, who's on Grace and Frankie. She she was on that show. But another one, which I'm going to admit, I hadn't watched the show, and I'm surprised I haven't yet. Children's Hospital. Oh, I watched every episode. Mm-hmm. Of that. I even watched the spinoff that Rob Hubel and I cannot think of her name, but they did called Medical Police. Yeah, Children's <laughs> Hospital is great. For people who don't know about that. Rob Corddry is the main character in that, and he has clown makeup, but he's also got blood all over his throat <laughs> yeah. all the time. And, and, and they've had super famous people on that show. Y- yes, it, <laughs> it is a, I mean, it is an institution. It, it is definitely. Absolutely. It's like the who's who of comedy people. It's one of those shows that you just, and again, I want to stress, these shows are like 15 minutes long. So you yeah. get these big time people in to do these shows. And it's there's it. But before I get to what I'm going to wrap up on here is. Oh, wait. Aaron Hayes is the name of the actor in the show with Rob Hubel. Oh, okay. That was a spinoff of Children's Hospital. Recently. There's Joe Parra talks with you. So good. I just saw him live do a stand up set. Also, it was phenomenal. Yeah. You said he worked blue. Oh, (laughs) at the very end of his show, he starts to read a love column he wrote for the New York Times. Obviously, he didn't really write it. It it got very blue at the end there. And to hear it come from him in his regular voice was, it was awesome and shocking at the same time. I mean, for those of you that don't know, Joe Parra is a, I guess you would say a comedian. He's a... He he, he did a comedy show. I saw him do an hour of stand-up recently. He sounds like any relative we've ever had. He's from the <laughs> Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Well, he's from Buffalo, but oh yeah, he is. But yeah, show is from yeah, I think UP. it's from like Mar. I think it's around Marquette or something like that yeah, where they yeah. are. And it's just this kind of like slice of Americana in a part the show of show is incredibly sweet. Yeah, it's it's, it's that's the thing. Nice. It's so weird. There is the one. It was in the third season where it's like uh, Joe flies a drone or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of quiet and mm-hmm. just weird. And it, again, we're not talking about some of these shows we're talking about. They're flat out funny. Something like Black Dynamite's supposed to be an homage, yeah. but it's supposed to be funny. Mike Tyson scene is goofy and funny. Yeah. Joe yeah. Para is this weird, just kind of quiet i mean it's funny there are things there's definitely funny i mean the very first episode when he's talking about rocks and then his neighbors try and buy his house his <laughs> house isn't for sale just kids played a prank on oh it's still my the thing that hooked me it's like second or third episodes where joe para has breakfast yeah the whole time he's like fretting about breakfast it's when you first meet the melskis and all this other yeah, stuff yeah. and at the very end of the episode she's like so what can i get you joe he's like oh pancakes and just well yeah <laughs> there's a whole episode too where he's supposed to read the church announcements and he starts talking about that who song yeah i can't think of the name of the song but i think it's bob o'reilly yeah and he just spends the whole episode playing that song for random people so I'm going to end this on a, a personal one for me here and something I need to go out there and tell everyone they need to do. So in the early, early days of Adult Swim, there was this little animated show called Tom Goes to the Mayor. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch this? I did, and I just recently read Bob Odenkirk's memoir, and he was essentially the guy who, I mean, Tim and Eric sent him their stuff, and this was the thing that grabbed Bob Odenkirk's attention. Yeah. It was this just little strange cartoon with Tim Heidecker and Eric Warheim. 
It would be Tom going to talk to his local government about doing things, and then chaos would just ensue. <laughs> like crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 just constantly. And it, again, just meant nothing. But it led to Adult Swim like being in the Tim and Eric business. So it led to Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. This might be the weirdest show I've ever watched. Yes. And is. then I saw their movie, their billion-dollar movie, which is one of the weirdest movies I've ever watched, but I can't stop thinking about it. But this is where John C. Riley, Steve Brule came out of. Yep. Bob Odenkirk was on this show. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a big thing. But then it led to On Cinema at the Cinema. Now, you said you haven't really watched this show. No, I have not seen it yet. I know of it. And when you talked to me about it the other day, it sounds like something I need to start watching. It's still going. It started in 2012. I actually think it started before that. It used to be a podcast. And it okay. was uh, Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington, who's a comedian, would yeah. talk movies. But it's obvious. Now, okay, this is what's great about On Cinema. If you go to Adult Swim's website, it has like the first eight seasons. It's now uh, Tim Heidecker has it. It's a Patreon thing, which I'll talk about at the end. Free advertisement. But um, <laughs> they did this podcast, but they did it. It's like a Siskel Niebert movie show. And it's obvious that Tim has never seen these movies, has no interest in seeing them. And then Greg is the most obnoxious. You want to talk about obnoxious hipster type dorks because he spends the the whole show is him being an expert on movies. He's an expert, but he also thinks VHS is the best format for movies. So, and during, and again, we're talking about a show that's been on a decade now. These little, there's 10 episodes a season. They're like 15 minutes long. One of the early first season episodes, the whole episode is just Tim Heidecker sitting there crying. Well, Greg is <laughs> Greg is really uncomfortable <laughs> next to him, and they hate each other. You can tell these two really hate each other. But okay. the thing is, Tim's never seen the movies. Greg's this super obnoxious, quote unquote, cinephile, A and genius, they give every yeah. and they give every movie five bags of popcorn. They're like, <laughs> so there's there's no real rating. No, no, no. They're like, except there was because Greg Turkington was in uh, is in the Ant Man movies. And oh, really. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He he plays the like the the ice cream shop manager or whatever. But when they so when they did when they reviewed Ant-Man, Tim gave it zero bags of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Cuz so, just that's so Tim Heidegger. Too. But the weirdest thing about this, so the whole reason he was crying in that early episode is you find out he knocked up their housekeeper and his wife left him. <laughs> And his housekeeper was from Japan, but here illegally, and then she got deported, and then she had her kid, which she named after Tim's favorite movie star, Tom Cruise, so the kid's name is Tom Cruise Heidecker. (laughs) (laughs) And she comes back, but since Tim's kicked out, he has to live at Greg's apartment, and he throws all his VHSs away. I mean, this is all in this little movie review show. And then at the same time, Tim creates this right-wing TV show called Decker about this right-wing super spy or something who, like, all the ladies love. And it's, and they have real episodes of Decker. They show it. And it's just wow. ridiculous. And this is where I first saw Mark. I can't say his name right. But Prokes? Prokes? He's on... Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I think that's how you say his name. Oh, yeah, I think it's something like that. But he's on there all the time as their buddy, who they actually almost kill at one time. In, <laughs> and then Joe Estevez, who's Martin Sheen's brother, is 
always <laughs> hanging out with them. And I need to watch this. Oh, show you now, do? Right? No, it's so wild. So they have these full seasons of Decker. Then they do Decker two port a call in Hawaii. And so while they're doing on cinema, they're talking about doing that. And then Greg ends up founding some film archive for for VHS tapes. But then <laughs> Tim, who he has some fake doctor who ends up uh his his kid Tom Cruise Heidecker is feeling sick and the doctor's like, oh just give him some of this stuff and it kills the kid. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so so now you have the Tom Cruise Heidecker Memorial Association or something. <laughs> and then they do uh Tim burns all of Greg's VHSs and he gets oh, all man. mad because he's vaping in the storage unit where those are. And then Tim decides to become uh, an EDM artist and <laughs> and makes his group Dakar. <laughs> I'm not I'm just giving you a taste of all this and yeah. it's all in this little movie review show. That it, it sounds exactly like something Tim Heidecker would do. Well, it goes so far that at one of his EDM shows, his fake doctor created some vape formula that killed like 12 kids. Oh and my god. So then they have a whole series of him on trial. <laughs> and then Wonderful. he decides to run for prosecutor and there's an actual movie called Mr. America that Yeah, they I keep seeing that on Hulu all yes, the time. Yes. Okay. And it's this fake like political documentary. And he even got to a point so now they're off adult swim. They're still doing this show where now Tim Heidecker is trying to promote eternal life by the use of it's not it's called seed water, grain water. and and he's and greg is founded the victor phil film institute my point is this little tiny 15 minute show they have created this whole insane universe Mm -hmm. and tim heidecker is fairly successful he oh yeah i mean he was on the last season of eastbound and down he's a known guy he's out there and he's still dedicated his uh it's called because everything's a version of his name. It's called the High Network H E I, and it's a Patreon thing. Yeah, I, I pay sure. for it. It's yeah. you get all of on cinema. The ones on Adult Swim you can still see on their website for free, but you okay. get all their new episodes. And the biggest thing, the thing I'll, I'll leave this off on is I think this is going to be the tenth year they do it. But every year during the Oscars, Tim and Greg do an Oscar special. Nice. And it's live streamed during the entire ceremony. And it goes every year, it just goes off the rails to where one year, the year Joker was up and Greg was dressed up like the Joker and he had a special car filled with his VHSs and they're in the studio and the car's running. And during the show, you can see people slowly pass out because of all the carbon (laughs) monoxide. Hilarious. (laughs) No, I gotta, I gotta watch this show. And like, and see, that's what I want to say. You know, we talked about Aqua Teen and I said I could talk for hours and hours about that show and go through stuff. It really, I think, when I started watching that kind of shaped what I love about comedy now and how weird and absurd and goofy and dark it can get. And I'm totally down with stuff like that because that's what I like. That's what Adult Swim thrives on is the chaos, is the weirdness, is the what kind of messed up stuff can we do next? And not only that, like, so the pandemic hits Right at the, essentially the same time everything was shut down and concerts were canceled. Run the Jewels put out an album and they wanted to perform their songs. They were trying to find a way. Adult Swim put on a concert for them where mm-hmm. they could perform the tracks off of RTJ4. So like Adult Swim is a type and you're right. It's not a network. It's part of a network, but they will take chances on the weirdest, goofiest, absurd stuff. I know Adam Scott 
the actor Adam Scott from shows like Severance and Parks and Rec, he did a golf thing on there where he played the golfer Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a goofy, you know, half hour one off thing that they did. I think that's what I love about Adult Swim is stuff like Tim and Eric Awesome Show and Squid Billies and Boondocks. But most importantly for me is Aqua Teen, how you can take something so absurd, so ridiculous. They made 145 episodes of Aquatine Hunters. Mm-hmm. And there's talks that they might make more. And they made two movies out of it. Like, this is a thing that should never, ever work. You told me to give you a 30-second pitch, and I did. And it sounds like I'm an insane yes. person. And this show was on for 10 seasons, 145 episodes of it. You just mentioned all that stuff that goes on with On Cinema. Children's Hospital has worlds built out from it. What Adult Swim has done is really amazing. And I love that they give give things chances. They're taking chances on weird, crude, absurd, and dark comedy. And I think that's great. Yeah. And I go back to the fact that, look, love it or hate it, whatever it is, Family Guy's an institution. I mean, when my wife and I were dating, we would watch the reruns on Adult Swim. That's what we watched in her apartment. And because of this late night weird block of shows, people saw Family Guy again. I don't think anybody gave a damn so much when it was on at 7 o'clock on Sunday nights or something like that. But our generations, I mean, that's the thing. I think this is both of our generations. This is where we would sit and watch it. And then Futurama. I mean, Futurama is the type of show that I would have imagined would have originated on Adult Swim. A hundred percent. And just like there's so much programming, so many different things. I mean, we only talked shortly, you know, less than an hour about maybe half the programs that have been on there. Oh, yeah. The stuff that they've shown. I mean, yeah. it's it's incredible the the breadth of all the stuff that they have on there. No, and it's it goes back. You said that one time about David Letterman, and it's just weird absurdity. I mean, that's what this is. They're, you talk about the pandemic. That's when I first discovered On Cinema, and somebody okay. somebody explained to me the whole kind of world. And it, it does. It takes two to three minutes to explain it, and you're like, what? Uh-huh. But then again, <laughs> you turn it on, and they're talking about some movie, and they get in fights, and then they say, well, what's your rate? Well, five bags of popcorn. And <laughs> because it just shows the kind of the ludicrous nature of that, too. Yeah, it's, it's like everything that and that's the other thing, too, like because of Adult Swim and their willingness to take a chance. We know more about Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim and Eric Andre and Rob Corddry and Rob Hubel and Aaron Hayes and the people who created um, I believe his name is uh, Aaron Magruder, who created Boondocks like. There's all these names that are now synonymous with alternative comedy and just comedy in general who have a show or got their start of a show that they got to make all their own on Adult Swim. I mean, there is no other network or any offshoot of a network besides Adult Swim, I think, that could have made the Eric Andre show. I cannot see that on Fox. No, I I would. I wouldn't be able to see Jack Black doing whippets in primetime. No, there's a reason why that show's on at midnight when it is on but i think it's the greatest talk show that's ever existed and i was when i was looking at these shows one of the shows i wrote down and you just want to talk about influence is um is between two ferns yeah totally that wasn't on adult swim that's actually funny or die die. right and so you go i mean funny or die is a website i go to every day and you got things like zach morris's trash or Mm -hmm. the weird al movie came from funny or die yeah they did a aaron paul (laughs) yes yeah and even you Oh, I was just saying, you and I were talking the other day 
and I brought up home movies and I was like, oh yeah, John Benjamin plays the voice of the coach on there. You didn't know that. No. But I, that's the first time I ever heard John Benjamin was on home movies. Adult Swim, just keep rocking it. I mean, it yeah, is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I hope there is more Aqua Teen. I know they're filming more Eric Andre, so I'm, I'm just happy for whatever's next. Yeah, and, that's, and even Eric Andre is the uh, first time I ever saw him as something like Adult Swim, but he's a pretty big star now. It's weird for yeah. me to see Eric Andre in something where he's not being from the Eric Andre show. <laughs> Well, and there's rumors that he's dating that Emily Ratajkowski yeah. now. So good, good for him. Yeah, dating can't. Rosario Dawson, and now he's dating Emily Ratajkowski. I can't, I can't <laughs> complain about that. All right, Ty. Well, if uh, if you need if they need you on the Eric Andre show, where are they going to uh, find you? Either that, or just let me do a voice on Aqua Teens. That'd be great. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Ty Kulik, T Y K U L I K, all lowercase. Come read my stuff on SeedSing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. You mentioned I just wrote about how Aqua Teen still holds up, and I hope they're making more of it. So, yeah, check that out, SeedSing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. I've been on, I think, four episodes of Chucklehead Chat, hosted by my buddy Glenn Adams. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. It's a really good – you should listen to his other episodes, not just the ones that I'm on. But most importantly, you can hear me on this podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast. Rate, review us, tell your friends about us, check out our Patreon. And as always, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to your boy, Glenn, because he did one discussing with his wife about whether or not he should that if why he or explain why he wanted a goat. And that's <laughs> that's what this is for. I mean, just speaking of Adult Swim, you know, that type of stuff is yeah. that's those are the types of debates we should be talking about. That's 100 percent. That's what's important here. But uh, and. Also, finally, after long delay, I think I finally got the website and everything done that we are going to rank the top 100 movies of our lifetime. The, it's going to be a big undertaking. You know, 40 <laughs> years. And I've got, I was just working out some of the criteria where at the end of the day, it's what to it say, it's not a. It's it's a cheertatorship, not a cheerocracy. That <laughs> I was going to say it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. Yeah, but I was going to say well, no, that we will have final say overall. If somebody really, really thinks the movie Crawl is one of the hundred best movies of the last forty <laughs> years, I'm more than willing to give you a seat at the table. But sure, it's a. Uh, but yeah, we. Um, I'll finally have that going. Hopefully, have an update on that in the next one or two podcasts. But. With all that being said, we thank you for your ears. Anything else that you may use to listen to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, remember we are here every Saturday for free, wherever you find your fine podcasting shows, and stay warm out there, Ty. You do the same. All right, talk to you next time. Take it easy. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.